This is the Jocko Underground Podcast, number 71, sitting here with EC, Echo Charles. Trust. Yep. So trust, obviously, is the, the, the foundation of relationships, and not just personal relationships, but business relationships, people that you interact with, your family, the whole nine yards. So what happens when trust gets broken? What do you do? And really that can happen from two directions. One is you broke the trust. The other is someone else broke the trust. So I think first and foremost, it's very important to understand the impact of broken trust because what we're gonna talk about is that it is very, very, very difficult to rebuild and get, I mean, this is like, if someone breaks, let's say you have a friend that, that breaks your trust, it could take, first of all, there's a chance that it could never recover. Yeah. I mean, depending on what it is, there's a chance it could never recover. If it is a recoverable item that was broken, like they did something a little bit less negatively impacting your life, it could still take years. So what I'm saying is, Nothing's more important in a relationship between two human beings than making sure that you don't break trust. Don't lie. This is the lesson that you teach your kid, right? Your kid does something stupid. Hey, you punish him for doing something stupid. Your kid does something stupid and lies about it. It's next level, right? That's when that's when it's going to get kind of wild. <laughs> They're going to make sure they don't forget that. So to keep that in mind, in any time you're interacting with people that trust and integrity is the most important thing you got. If you break it, and look, if you make a mistake and break it, that's totally, it's it's not totally different because you can make a mistake and break someone's trust and now they're like, you know, mm-hmm. but you you already on the, are on the path to rebuild because you explain, hey, you take ownership, this is a mistake. But if you break someone else's trust, first of all, you got to recognize that it's a problem and you've got to, You've got to recognize that there's a decent chance that no one should ever trust you again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is which is by the way a class of humans. There's a class of human beings trust is not a thing for them. They don't care like they're they're gonna they're gonna they don't care about it. Like everything I just said they're kind of shrugging their shoulders like what is he talking about? Mm-hmm. Like hey, I got to get mine and right, hey, right, you know right. what I mean? You know, hey, you got to take care of yourself and you got to take care of number 1 and you know, if they don't want to trust me, that's fine. I still got my, you know what I mean? That yeah. there's a whole class of human beings that are like that. So stay away from them for sure. But if you're not like that and you accidentally or you purposely broke someone's trust and now you're trying to rebuild it, I'm just going to say right out of the gate, don't expect some kind of forgiveness. Don't expect, oh, I'm really sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Don't expect that that, that things are handled now because they're actually not. Don't expect them to trust you. Don't expect, you, what, you, you don't trust me anymore? No, I don't actually trust you anymore. And they may, not, they may or may not say that to you, yeah. but you have a lot of work to do. And the way that you're going to do it is by performing and being trustworthy for a long, long, long time. And hopefully over time, you can rebuild. You may never get back to like 100% trust. You may never clear that that blemish off your record. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like a felon. It's just on there and that's the way it is. It's gonna show up on your police report. Mm-hmm. So you gotta expect that. 
that's what you got to expect. Now, on the other side, how to rebuild if someone else broke it, right? And again, first of all, you got to recognize it's a problem. Second of all, you got to recognize that there's a, you probably shouldn't ever trust them again, right? Like they made, they made, now listen, like I said, if they made a mistake, we're in a kind of a different category than someone that consciously decides, oh, I'm gonna, I, I think I can get away with this or I'm gonna make this move because it's better for me. Someone breaks your trust. Look, I'm not saying you can't work with them anymore. And I mean, I had to work with people that I didn't really trust 100%. But like, okay, now what do I do? Watch them, <laughs> right? Don't give them impactful things that you don't have trust in them on. And then, I mean, I think you just start small and you start giving a little bit of trust back and hopefully you can grow that over time if they're repentant in their behavior, if they are trying to rebuild that trust if they're taking ownership of their mistakes, then I think you can move it in the right direction. But like I said, you gotta use caution with this type of person because they might be a snake, right? Like just a just a rat, just a snake. And so like a dog with kids, like you really, you really like your dog, but you still shouldn't leave your dog in a room like alone with a toddler, mm-hmm. you know, because that's not just a, not a good thing to do because a dog is still a dog and a rat is still a rat and a snake is still a snake. So you give them that opportunity and they're probably gonna break your trust. So that's what I'm saying. I think the, the point here is trust is like a uh, such a valuable thing and you better treat it that way. Mm. There you go. Or you, you're taking notes over there. It's, What's up? It's kind of like teeth enamel, right? Once you lose it, it's gone. One okay. of those kind of things. Okay. Super hard, okay. you know? I don't know. I just thought of that. But um, <laughs> no, you said a mistake, like if someone makes a mistake. Right. Like what Like what would be an example of like a mistake? Uh, and wait, wait, let me be sure that I yep. understand. Where say so you make a mistake, then it's like easier to be like, oh, okay, it was just a mistake and maybe like gain, have trust. Right, right, right. So like what would be a, just a, a mistake would be like, oh, you know, you had our equipment in your car, you left the car open, the, the stuff got stolen. Oh, right, and so, you, yeah, you're trusting me to oversee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh, like okay. a different yeah, yeah, kind of different. trust, right? Yeah, so you know, some people, they'll say it was a lapse of judgment. Okay. And they'll kind of almost try to categorize that as just a mistake, you know? Like, I don't know, like, what's the, the deal? Like, I don't know, if you get with someone's girlfriend or something like that mm-hmm. you know like oh i had a lapse of judgment kind of a thing where it's like mm, that's not like an innocent mistake like the one you're saying mm-hmm. no that's totally different. that's like violating trust right like, like that kind of whatever um but they say lapse of judgment do you give that any cred it's a step yeah you know but it also could be an excuse i, I might like sound like an excuse and it might be an excuse when i hear it yeah like what what would be in an innocent, la- not innocent, but like a legitimate just lapse of judgment that wouldn't have the weight of an actual betrayal. See what I'm saying? Oh. Like a lapse of judgment that's like legit. Um, a lapse of judgment. Oh, I know one. Like what? maybe if someone like had like a meeting or something. Like let's say me and you had a meeting mm-hmm. with somebody. I don't uh-huh. know that was gonna we're gonna do something cool or right, big, right. and I went out drinking the night before because I was maybe fired up and mm-hmm. I drank too much. And then I came to the meeting like super hungover or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. That could be a lapse. Of the, uh, I think a, an example 
similar to that, but maybe a little bit more like legit is there's a big business opportunity and a guy like reaches out to you and me mm-hmm. and I don't see the email mm-hmm. and you go and meet with the guy and I'm like, dude, you didn't even tell me about this big business opportunity. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd yeah. be like, oh man, I I saw your email. I thought, I thought you just didn't care about it. You right, know what I mean? Right, so yep. then it's like, okay, we, we were just a little not aligned on what was important and what's not. You yeah. you made a judgment call. I don't agree with your judgment. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's there's like combat scenarios mm-hmm. where people people do things and, and it's sort of a bad judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually have a saying for it. It's like good initiative, bad judgment. Yeah. Like, hey, I thought I would just be smart for me to just storm, you know, get across the street and take that other house down. Yeah. It's like, bro, no one knew you were going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. the things like that happen, that's bad judgment. Mm-hmm. And that would impact trust. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you're doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Now, mm-hmm. is it on me? Yeah, it's on me. Because if I'm the leader, and I didn't explain to you, hey, don't clear any other buildings that aren't part of the target set, you go do it anyways. Mm-hmm. So we got some we got some issues. I'm thinking of this scenario. Doesn't have to do with storming buildings, by the mm-hmm. way. So I was in Kong Kwai mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, whatever. And <clears throat> Terry, big sexy, mm-hmm. was there, happened oh, to okay. be there, him and Nareen. So, but they were leaving like a di- two days after we arrived there. So we only had essentially one day to like catch up or whatever. Uh, so I was like, oh, let's go up to my younger brother's house, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm on the phone with my brother, my Yata? younger brother, yeah, Yata, and Terry. So Basically, something came up where it's like, oh, man, the, the time is running out. You know, we got kids now. They're going to bed. So it's like we don't really have time to go up to Yata's house because he lives in Kalea, which is like a good 20 minutes like drive one way. But Terry literally is he's staying walking distance from me. And there's a bar that's walking distance from us. Like it's in the same kind of area. So I was like, ah, oh, we only got basically like an hour left for me to, I don't know, to, to hang. For whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because the bar is going to close. So me thinking, I thought this literally for like 10 seconds where I'm like, oh, I'll call you. Because the plan was like, oh, yeah, all three of us are going to hang out mm-hmm. for Terry's last day. So mm-hmm. maybe go up to Yata's house or something like this. But time got away from us. It would have been just the circumstances turned out where going up to Yata's house is like unrealistic. We're not going to do that. So we're like, oh, we'll just go to this bar real quick. We'll hang out, have, you know, have a few laughs, whatever. I look, we only have an hour left. So, I mean, Terry can just shoot up there. If I tell my younger brother, oh, we're going to this bar, he's going to say no because by the time he even gets there, mm-hmm. put on his clothes, that's at least five minutes. <laughs> by the time he gets there, he's going to be like freaking, there's just a few minutes left, you know, so he's not going to come all the way down to this side. So, anyway, I thought that for like 10 seconds, didn't tell him. So, I was like, ah, oh, let's just go. You know, Yata's caught up for the yeah. night, you know. He's with his kids and all this stuff. They have school the next day, all mm-hmm. this stuff, right? So, me and Terry go, we have a few laughs or whatever. Come to find out. Like Yata would have wanted to go. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big deal or nothing like that. But I found that out. Oh, I would have wanted to go. Oh, I should have told me, you know, kind of a thing. So think about that, right? Where me, that's kind of a lapse of judgment. Yeah. Legitimately. It's it's a, that's almost the same story that I just said. You know, you we got an email. I didn't respond. You yeah. met with the yep. guy. And that's I was what, like, and you're yeah. like, dude, I didn't even think you yeah. know, that would be a big deal. Yeah, that's why it reminded me yeah. of it. So, but it could be in, in a d- different dimension or whatever, different scenario where Yata, my younger brother, could have been like, ah, he excluded me on purpose, yeah. which he didn't think, obviously. But And it could also be him just like taking advantage of the situation to make you feel a little bit guilty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, the, the, yeah, it's true. You know, there's all kinds of mind games going on in the world. Yeah, yeah. That could be one of them. Yata, where are you at? <laughs> you obviously wouldn't do that, but it was like so, in, you know, the plan was to hang us all three. It's okay, so what's your I'm, point in this? Anyway, my point is that's like a legitimate lapse of judgment Yeah. versus if a, that scenario was slightly different, if I did say, hey, I don't want, let's not hang with him. Let's go secretly hang. Yeah. Do another hang, you know? Well, that's why intent is so important. And even, you know, when I said like, oh, you go and take down a building that you weren't supposed to take down, I got to take ownership of that. If I'm the guy in charge, I got to be like, listen, I didn't do a good enough job explaining the limit of advance. I didn't do a good enough job explaining what the protocol should be. If you have to leave the intended target buildings, like all those things are on me. So it would have to be something, you know, you've got to get something where a person's in a situation and they're doing something. That's where, see, that's where, oh, here, here's what it is. You, we come back and you don't tell me that that happened, mm. right? So now you're, and even, even take it a step further, I go, hey, did anyone go into any other buildings, right? Let's just, let's just, yeah. now all of a sudden you are deliberately deceiving me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden, you know, the, the UAV video comes in, they're like, hey, Jonko, you had guys in building 34 over here. I'm like, no, I didn't. Mm. And you're like, oh, here's the video. So now we got an issue. Yeah. That's where the, that's, see, that's a trust violation. Yeah. I, I, hey, did anyone go in this building? I, I shouldn't need to explain, hey, I need to know. No, I shouldn't need to explain, hey, you need to tell me the truth about what's happening. Now, believe, believe it or not, I do explain that. When mm-hmm. people work with me, I'm like, hey, listen, if something goes wrong, you tell me what's wrong mm-hmm. and we'll get it fixed. Yeah. We're not covering anything up. You have a pre- issue, something goes wrong, you tell me about it. That's what we're doing. Understand? Like, I literally tell that to people. Yeah. So they know to tell me what's going on. Mm. Yeah. So if you break trust legitimately, intentionally, that's the kind of scenarios that I'm talking about. It is really hard to rebuild that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I guess. Probably for a lot of us, when you think break trust, you know, oh, it always like feels like that's a go behind your back. Yeah, for sure. Kind of a scenario, sure. you know. Yep. And then even then, some things can be interpreted as going behind your back. But if it's legitimate, that it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't yep. tell you because I didn't think you'd care. I didn't even think to tell you because yep. care. Why would you care about this? But then you think about it. Oh wait, he would care about that. You know, whatever. Yeah. If it's legit, like I, I'll be. I'm. You know how I'm like really decentralized with stuff. Yeah. And I can do that to people where they're like, hey, dude, you didn't even tell us this was going on. I was like, I didn't even think you cared. Yeah. Sorry, man. Like, that's on me. Yeah. Um, but that's not really, again, that's more just like decentralized command and making yeah. sure you open up the communications. So. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like a scenario where if you did something without them. But like what, it, you know, like, um, like, oh, here's one. If like, you know, in your you're in high school or something, you date a girl, you mm. break up. Mm-hmm. Next year, your friend dates her. Right. So in a lot of circles, it's like, wow, we, that's not my girlfriend anymore. That was mm-hmm. like a year ago. Who cares? Right. You don't have to clear nothing with me. But in some circles, you know, if that's your friend's ex, it's like you don't really date them. You know, it's more mm-hmm. of a, a little bit more of a rule. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like it just depends, you know. Yeah. No, none of my friends have ever gone out with one of my girlfriends from high school. Is that a, <laughs> is that a, um, is that like a rule or is that just a happenstance? They just I think haven't? it's a rule, man. You think so, huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But technically, why would that be a rule? Really? Like if all things are all fair, it's kind of like, wait, you guys aren't together. Like I remember one of my friends that we know actually, it was a long time ago in Hawaii, where I went out on a date with this girl and I was like, yeah, she's cool. She's pretty. But I was like, eh, whatever. I, di- I didn't like... 
I'd kind of talk to her, but not really. It wasn't really going anywhere. And then he, without telling me, like started dating her. Mm-hmm. And then I like found out by him just telling me a story. Oh, yeah, well, I was on this date with that girl or whatever. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you were dating that. I didn't, I didn't care at all. So you're cool with it. But it wasn't my girlfriend or nothing like that. Would make it different. All right, let's get to some Q&A before we continue talking about your high school girlfriends. Bro, these lessons are everywhere. <laughs> I'm just saying to understand them might help us out. See what I'm saying? Check. Good morning. Looking for a small piece of advice. I currently am a law enforcement officer prior military for six years. I've been with this job for about four years and have been noticing a few things in motion that bother me. I've been told on three separate occasions what, when trying to go to schools to better myself or trying to transfer divisions that I'm too good at my job to take time away from the, the road. I personally think it's bullshit. However, I catch myself saying screw it and attempting to be less productive, but I don't have, have it in me. What do I do? P.S. I train jujitsu a minimum three times a week. I've been lazy and haven't been lifting like I should. However, I learned most cops don't do anything, so I feel ahead of the game. And I added that in there. <coughs> cool. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, thanks for you know your being law enforcement. Thanks for your service in the military, um, training jujitsu. That's awesome. So here, here's a couple things that could be going on right here. Uh, n- n- number one, Echo Charles, have you ever seen the movie A Bronx Tale? Yes. Okay. So in that movie, there's the line, um, nothing is worse than wasted talent. The kid gets told that by his dad, and the dad is right. And that's probably some, some what, some of the feeling that you're feeling is probably just that right there. You want to take advantage. You want to maximize your potential. Jordan Peterson says the same kind of stuff, and that's definitely a message that impacts people. You should maximize your potential. Jordan Peterson, you know, he'll say, work as hard as you can at one thing and see what happens. Yeah. Inferring that what happens is probably going to be pretty good, right? If you work as hard as you can at one thing, you focus the inference is like, yeah, see what happens. It'll be good. Yeah. Or, you know, what would your life be like if you made use of all the potential that you offered, right? These are the same, the same thing in a positive way rather than nothing is worse than wasted talent. So you might be, the guy that, the dude that asked this question might be feeling a lot of that, which is like, hey man, I wanna be good. You know, I wanna be good at my job. I wanna, I wanna work hard, which is awesome. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you should, you should bust your ass and work hard. Here's the, here's the, so that's the end of the question, except I got a butt here. Mm-hmm. Are you looking down on other people? Are, you know, does your intent, when you're talking to someone, when you say, I personally think it's bullshit, that means you kind of personally think they are bullshit. And when you interact with people and you kind of think what they're saying is bullshit, a lot of times we don't have the acting skills of Robert De Niro to pull off acting like we care. Mm-hmm. So when we say, I've been lazy and not lifting like I should, but most cops don't do anything, so I'm ahead of the game. Are you coming across with an attitude like you're ahead of the game? So there's that possibility. The other possibility is you might be cool as can be with these people. You might be super cool. You might be like, hey, I think they're lazy, but I'm still like, I respect them. I treat them with respect. Your very existence, your mere existence can be offensive because they see you, you're lifting, you're doing jujitsu, you're working hard, you're trying to do well, and that is gonna be offensive to them. And so what are they gonna do? They're gonna try and drag you down. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Right? Very common in the SEAL teams, right? Very common in any aspect of life. In the SEAL teams, people, you know, oh, you, I mean, whether they're trying to get you to drink, trying to get, you know, and I'm guilty of that. Like, mm-hmm. hey, come on, man, come out with us. No, I just want to work out tonight. Come on, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm guilty of that. So, that happens everywhere. It's the crab in the bucket thing, right? You're trying to crawl out of the bucket. The other crabs are grabbing you by the leg and pulling you back down. So the answer is, is that first of all, like any dichotomy, we gotta stay balanced. You don't want to let the people keep you down, right? You don't wanna say, well, they want me to be just kinda weak, so I'm just gonna go ahead and be weak, and they're encouraging me to be lazy, so I'm gonna be lazy. You don't wanna let that happen. At the same time, you don't want to run around flexing, right? You want to walk around and have that attitude like you're better than everybody else because then you're just, you're offending other people and you're not going to have good relationships. If you don't have good relationships, you're not going to be able to influence people in the right way where maybe they'll start working out and doing jujitsu too. So be cool. Build relationships. Keep a low profile. Don't throw it in people's faces. And over time, you'll build some good relationships and you'll get other people. Look, man, law enforcement, there's other people that are going to want to train. Other people are going to want to work out. So the people are going to want to be strong and in shape. And you'll get them on your side. Go and form some relationships. And that's what you'll get. So this guy, I'm kind of reading the question again. So he's been told on three separate occasions that he's too good at his job to take away from the road, meaning on the occasions where he's trying to go to school or something. I think just take time off. Just take time off. Right. Like, so it's like you're too valuable to be out of here kind of a thing. Well, t- yeah, man. Hey, man, you're too good at your job. Take some downtime. Take some time away from the road. Like, don't, don't just keep busting your ass, dude. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I understand now. Yeah. 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 That's it. Check. All right. Next question. I'm gonna skip down to the question on this one. Uh, regarding TikTok, I heard Rogan reading the terms and conditions on his podcast, and I was a little shocked at the extent of monitoring to which to which we agree by downloading that app. It essentially amounts to allowing the Chinese government unfettered monitoring on all personal devices. I'm gonna gloss past the fact that I didn't read the terms myself before agreeing to them. I know there were. I know there was a time during the previous presidential administration that no government employees were authorized to download TikTok on their work devices. Then China agreed to sell it its U.S. operations, but that never ended up happening. Happening. I also know you have a TikTok account. Are you concerned? Do you think this is something about which we as U.S. citizens should be concerned? Um. Yeah, I think it is something you should be concerned about. So I have... This is the only social media. Uh, TikTok is the only one that I don't do myself because I don't want it on my phone. And I have someone that works with me do TikTok for me. And she'll, you know, like show me what she's posting. I'm like, cool. And the reason is because TikTok, there's people on TikTok that that's their main source of interaction. And so we don't want to just just cast away a generation or a giant group of people because that would not be the right thing to do. Um, You know, this is a means of communication. I don't agree with that means of communication. I don't think it's healthy. But at least if they're going to watch a video, maybe they watch a video that says it's me saying, hey, get off your phone, right? And especially the young people right now who are, totally caught up in the algorithms, somebody's gotta be getting some good information in there. So that's 
That's why, uh, you know, I started, you know, to get this girl to post stuff for me on there. And also because there's, there's people who are already taking all my stuff anyways and posting it on there. So people were taking videos of me and posting it on TikTok and then driving them to some other path, right? They might hook in, hooking them in with a positive message and then they're taking them down some negative path. Mm. So because of that, I want to utilize that platform, but I didn't want it on my phone and I don't think you should have it on your phone. And I don't even know how much longer that platform is gonna be in America because I think it's so invasive that it's it's not, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not right. <laughs> it's actually not right. Uh, and it's the same with all social media, right? You, you know, you probably heard the story of the way I got into social media was uh, Leif's wife, Jenna, who was, you know, an anchor at Fox News, was telling me, you need to be on social media. And then Tim Ferriss, you need to be on social media. And then book publisher, you need to be on social media. And finally, I said, okay, because that's how people are communicating. That would be like me being in the military and say, I don't want to use a radio, so I'm just not going to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Social media is the way communication happens right now. That being said, we have to try and wean people off of it and lead them somewhere else. And, you know, I mean, how many people have we had positive impact with social media? You know, they start listening to podcasts and they realize that there's better things to do with their time than scroll through Instagram or scroll through TikTok. So I know it's a delicate balance. It's definitely something that I think about all the time. And that's where I am right now. At some point, May I go extreme and be like, we're just going, I'm going off of all social media. I mean, I could. The problem is there'd be a lot of people out there that would never hear from me again, right? So, um, yeah, I think my concern is you have to communicate with people in this day and age. I think TikTok is too invasive for people and is very bad for your privacy. Um, But right now trying to talk to people because that's a platform that that people use especially young people so there you go i am not on tiktok mm-hmm. i have an account but i don't go in there at all uh, so. i was talking to some of my oldest daughter's friends and my oldest daughter mm-hmm. and this was a couple of years ago and they said they were like one of them particularly said i had to delete it off of my phone because she would stay in bed in the morning for four hours, three hours, five hours, five hours, four hours. Damn. She said it was crazy. It's just like dopamine, 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 dopamine. Unstoppable. So. Yeah, that's crazy. That's good that you can come to the conclusion and actually follow through with deleting it. Yep. Because if it's like that compelling. Yep. She probably did it like after a five-hour session oh, yeah. was like, five wait a second, sesh. my whole like, day. Like, what just happened? I'm telling you, getting in the ice bath while you're on Instagram and it seems like 10 <laughs> seconds goes by and it's yeah. been seven minutes and you're yeah. like, dude, this is this is a, this is is a mind warp. <laughs> that is crazy, yeah. You're totally uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you don't even know it because you're just like lost in the dopamine mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk to Huberman about that and see what the, what the outcome is. Well, he, he, what was his thing? He said dopamine makes pain feel good. That's what he said, like, um, that, you know, when you exercise, right, right? you know, but that's the source of the dopamine is the exercise. If you jump into an ice bath, no, makes it, sorry, makes effort feel good. That's right, what he said. Right. But still, if you jump into an ice bath, you should just get the dopamine just from that. No, I think there's more. No, you side. get dopamine like just from that too. 
But when you when you're on the gram and you're scrolling sure. and your mind's just going like, oh, yeah. it's been six minutes. It's been you're totally like you don't want be, want to be in there. And then you're just like, oh, five minutes went by. Seven yeah. minutes went by. Yeah. So watch out for that. Watch out for the algorithm. Watch out for the algorithm. It'll get you. Next question. Next question. Talk about rock, I walk around my downtown area daily. I'm a disabled woman and I walk with a cane. The cane is for constant vertigo, which makes my balancing difficult. But I can walk around with or I can walk without it when needed. My vision is at 80% capacity and I always wear sunglasses due to a light sensitivity. Additionally, I have arthritis and slight <laughs> hearing problems. This is my reality. I accept it and I want to move confidently within it. What form of self-defense or blend of fighting styles would you recommend for me? I watch your video. You may look like an easy target. And I have preferred body language you describe. Head on a swivel, medium to moderately quick stride, appearing, appearing organized rather than disheveled, upright posture. And I often make brief non-aggressive, non-aggressive eye contact with passers-by, partially to signal to people that I'm not blind. The key thing I am clearly missing is the self-defense skills to back up all of that. I love my city and I want to experience it without fear, but with capability and alertness. Thank you. You know, we we talked about that eye contact thing. Mm-hmm. And just, just to start this off, I started paying attention a little bit to like how I walk around after we did that podcast. Mm. And one of the things, because it made me, here's what here's what made me a little bit nervous about that. Making eye contact with people is sometimes is, t- is seen as like a threat. Mm. And it's a connection. And sometimes people are looking for a connection. And they're looking for a connection in order to identify a victim, right? Mm. So I think a lot of times, look, noticing people and being aware of them is good, but I also think looking as if you know where you're going, mm. right? Looking as if you're going somewhere and looking as if you're aware to me is much more important and for me actually preferred than looking like if you're walking down the street looking at a bunch of people mm. that's just kind of weird and have you ever noticed you're walking down the street and like a bum if you look at the bum they ask you for money if you don't look at the bum they they might not yeah, yeah right yeah, if you I look understand. at them you're guaranteed they're going to ask you yeah, or yeah. someone that's asking for your signature on some yeah. what are those things called uh, time share yeah, yeah, time or, yeah share, petition whatever. or something petition, like yeah. this. Yeah. If you make eye contact with them, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna definitely yeah. that's that's like a it's it's a greeting. Yeah. So and also, you know, you go into a bar, you make eye contact with a dude, there's a there's a level of challenge that just happened. Yeah. So I think the eye contact, just be careful with that. Um so let me start with that. Now, next is your female disabled. Impaired vision, impaired hearing, uh, we need to level the playing field, okay? So the number one thing here, and I don't know where you are, I don't know if you're in America or if you're in some other country, but the number one thing for you to do would be get a firearm and get a concealed carry license and train to be able to utilize that firearm properly. That is, That is what... That is the number one answer, and all the other answers are, this is like the one, that's the that's the 97% solution. Mm-hmm. All the other answers I'm gonna give you right now are like a 30% solution, or f- maybe a 40% solution. Actually, no, 30% solution. Mm-hmm. Like the difference between you having a firearm, because you wanna be able to walk around confidently throughout your city, and like I said, you're a woman, which means, I'm, I'm, my assumption is, you're below 150 pounds, 
my assumption is you have a squat of less than 300 pounds, you have a bench press of less than 300 pounds, you have a deadlift of less than 300 pounds. So that that's that's my assumption. I don't know what the level of your disability is. Maybe it's just the, the vertigo thing. Um, but vertigo in a fight, that's like a very critical, balance is a very critical thing there. Your vision is impaired. Now it's it's 80%, but that means you're having a little bit of trouble identifying the threat a long time. Maybe you don't have time to walk across the street or get out of someone's way, so that's a problem. Even a little bit of hearing problem, now you can't hear someone walk around. So there's, you, you have some setbacks, and I don't like it. Now listen, the, the way to level the playing field is you get a firearm and you get a concealed carry permit and that's how you walk around. Because otherwise, 230 pound guy that's hostile, you could start training right now and train for the rest of your life as a high level female athlete and you're still gonna have a problem. So that's my 97% solution. Get a firearm, get concealed carry. And look, with the with the scenario that you're in, you should be able to get, and again, I don't know, it depends on what city you're in, but just being a disabled, female, vision impaired, hearing impaired, you should be able to get a concealed carry permit. Now listen, that's half the battle. The other half is you gotta train. You gotta learn to shoot. You gotta learn how to react. You gotta understand the the things that come with having a weapon like that. So that's my number one. Number two, mace and pepper spray. Um, that's my next recommendation. You know, mace and pepper spray, and that's because you can utilize those at some kind of range because we don't want people to make contact with us because once they make contact, we're in a totally different world. So get mace, get pepper spray. Go and practice with it, go and use it, go and see how it, you know, do little drills so you can see how quickly you can get it out and utilize it. Uh, Same thing with, you know, some kind of a stun gun, you know, something like that. They they sell those, no, those now for self-defense. And you you don't need any kind of a permit or anything, you can just carry one, which is pretty awesome. You know, the fact that you carry a cane, there are people that make defensive canes. There's a defensive cane that you can get that has a flashlight on it, like on the handle, and it also has a stun gun on it. So that's pretty cool. Somebody starts getting aggressive with you, you show them that thing. And there's all kinds of canes that have, you know, knives and swords and stuff like that hitting them. Again, now we're starting to get into some pretty strange areas where now you've got to train for that, which is not easy, right? The last thing you want to do, because listen, you pull out a weapon and someone closes the distance on you and now they have a weapon. And by the way, they're mad. So that's why the firearm is so high in this list. And I would say, you know, 97% solution is your firearm. Uh, you know, I'd give mace and pepper spray. What, what percentage solution would you give that? Pretty high. I would give it actually pretty high. Yeah, I, it's, it's actually the next highest by a lot. Yeah. So this is like a 70%, 75%, maybe even a little higher. Yeah, actually it, it might be. I mean, firearm, obviously, that's like a 
But the mace, bro, if you get, I mean, you got to be a psycho maybe on PCP. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know, but. but it has bro, an impact. It jams yeah, guys up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was getting nuts attacking somebody for whatever reason, and they hit me with a pepper spray. Yeah. The one that I encountered, just yeah. in my, I mean, I've, I've had pepper spray or whatever. No, nah, I wouldn't be attacking them. Yeah. It'd be hard. Unless, yeah, no. So let's get you some of that pepper spray pepper for sure. very effective. For sure. Um, now, with all that, guess what? You asked for martial arts. And you know what? You should 100% train martial arts. Even with everything we just said. You should 100% train martial arts. Um, so what should you do? Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai, and wrestling. That's what you should do. That's what you should do because that is the best combination of things to learn over time to become confident and be able to defend yourself in the best possible way. There we go. And not to mention, and, and I know you always do include this element of jujitsu and, and, you know, boxing stuff too, is the just the element of not being surprised mm -hmm. by the physicality of, yeah. of a confrontation. And, and I know even from experience where, man, that's night and day, where if you're used to someone like grabbing you all hard or just even the little pain that kind of comes with someone cranking your neck or did this and you know it's just like, okay, it's just uncomfortable or whatever, mm -hmm. it's night and day if yep. you're used to that kind of stuff um, versus if you're not, like how, you're, how you can mentally function, you know? So that's important too. Yep. Next question. Go train. Go train. Jocko, I've seen close but no exact videos. How do you deal with overly obnoxious, boisterous people in business settings? For example, leading a meeting and this one person often interrupts, is loud, and is frankly abrasive, like because they're off and off the charts genius and and don't read the social situation well. Thanks. Okay, so for this is a little bit like the business setting. Well, what's the business situation that you're in? Is this person a client, a potential client? Are they an employee? Are they a partner? Are they a boss? Because each one of those might add a little bit of nuance to the situation. Is it someone that you work with all the time? Is it someone that's in an occasional meeting? It, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of different things to think about here. But that being said, the basic principles of leadership don't really change. So first of all, Put your ego, your ego in check. That's number one, which no one wants to hear that. They're like, no, Jocko, the guy is loud, not me. Yeah. Cool. What makes us mad about loud people is they're talking and we think we should be talking, right? <laughs> we think we know more than they do. We think they shouldn't be running their mouth because we know more. So put your ego in check and listen to what they have to say. If you let someone talk, you let them fill that vacuum, generally, they will stop. Generally speaking, if someone starts to dominate a meeting and you and you go, oh, hold on, go ahead, go ahead, Echo, keep you know, keep talking, and you just be quiet and look at them and listen to them. Even the most socially awkward person will look up in three minutes. Think about how long it is to be in a meeting and talk for three minutes straight. It's a long time. Yeah, it's like a speech. It's a speech, bro. It's a speech. So if you let them. Oftentimes the the flame will consume itself mm. and they'll realize that even the most now the most awkward person might take four minutes or five minutes But you know if I'm in a meeting and I'm talking and all of a sudden I realize I've been talking for one and a half straight minutes I'm like bro. I gotta be quiet 
But if I don't have that kind of social awareness, cool, I went three minutes, maybe four minutes. But listen to them. And, and listen, you want to massage their ego a little bit, take some notes, you know, write down what they're saying. That way, they're, they realize that you're listening to them and then they're going to start listening to you and then you get to build a relationship and then you can earn the opportunity to actually have some influence over them. Because you saying, hey, you talk too much in meetings, that's not the way to get them to talk less in meetings. Mm. So let's not do that. Let's maybe after the meeting ask some earnest questions once you have a good relationship with them. When you say, hey, Echo, you know, during that meeting, do do you think that everyone understood the idea that you were putting forth? Just asking earnest questions like that. Or, hey, do you think that Fred really agreed with what you were saying? He just, well, yeah, he nodded his head. Okay, I know he nodded his head in the meeting. But do you think he's going to go and execute? Because he did not seem very happy about what you, so that's what I'm saying. You ask some earnest questions. You can probably then spark up a conversation. This is, once again, once you have built a relationship with someone. So keep all that in mind. Now, also remember that everyone can see this. When you got a loud, abrasive person in a meeting, everyone can see that they're loud and abrasive. And it's sort of like uh, being in a in the ocean and there's a shark in there and everyone knows like, okay, we're all gonna get away from the shark. We're all gonna stay away from the shark. Or like you're walking down the sidewalk and there's puke on the ground. Mm-hmm. You don't, no one's like, hey, watch out, there's puke. Everyone just kind of knows, oh, yep, somebody puked. Oh, yeah. it's the dog shit. <laughs> sure. You know, everyone kind of walks around it. Yeah. You know, you don't. And everyone knows it. So that's what happens when someone's loud. People aren't looking at you like, oh, Echo's not dealing with this guy. No, everyone's going, ah, poor Echo. He's got this idiot in the talking again. So keep that in mind. You're not looking bad. Now, listen, if somebody's like totally dominating a meeting, which can happen, first of all, don't let it get to you. That's number one. Don't like let it, don't get frustrated with it. And then think about ways that you can sort of de-escalate someone during a meeting, right? You know, it's like, hey, Echo, can you hold on a second? Because I think Fred has something to say. Mm. And and you can escalate things, you know, maybe, and again, how I don't know how often you're talking to this person and how often this person is in a meeting. Is this a weekly meeting? Is this a daily meeting? Because you might have to escalate your directness. And, and, uh, you know, hey, hey, Echo, do you think we should hear if anyone else has any other thoughts on this, right? So those little things are pretty gentle, and then they can be, you know, hey, hey, Echo, let's, let's hold on, Jessica might have something to say. And then there's things, you know, like, you've probably heard this before, because everyone's heard this. Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you know why? Because school teachers do that. And, and actually, the school teacher methodology is not bad, right? The first thing they'll do is they'll stop talking and just listen, which is what I started with. Mm-hmm. And usually, like, if I'm sitting, you and I are sitting there jabbing it up, and we're talking, and all of a sudden, we realize it's quiet, and then we look at the teacher, and she's just looking at us. We're like, mm-hmm. that's a social cue. Yeah. The more elevated, offensive social cue is like, hey, uh, are you done yet? Echo, are you done? Or, yeah. And then elevated above that is like, Echo, can anyone else talk? So you may have to get there. You may have to use some stronger social clues for people that don't hear social clues or don't recognize social clues very well. But most of the time, I think what you'll find is 
let that flame burn itself out and let someone talk for a little while and they will eventually stop talking. Give it a crack. I remembered you told me that or asked me that. Are you done? But when you were obviously, obviously messing with me. No, because I was like, I think I was making jokes. Was it like on you. the podcast? <laughs> no, like before <laughs> recording. Kind of. I had the video. Remember? Yeah, the the one. It, there's a video. It's online. Uh-huh. Where you, I was like, oh, wait, no, I think I said that. I don't know. I forget. But nonetheless, it is very offensive. Yeah. Uh, when someone said, yeah, you done? It's like, <laughs> Brad, the, you know who Bobby Lee is, right? The comedian? Yeah. Uh, man, this was like the funniest. It was a roast, but it was like kind of mean, but it was really funny. It was on, um, whose podcast was that on? Freaking Logan Paul. Uh-huh. One of those. So anyway, he's on this one. And then one of the, like, the, the co-host, co-host guys or mm-hmm. whatever was like talking about, it's like, you know, I was in a dark place. And you know how you kind of open up and be vulnerable. And Bobby Lee's sitting right next to him. Bobby Lee's like the, the guest. This uh-huh. other guy was kind of like, I think maybe a co-co-host or something. Uh-huh. He was part of the podcast. So he's opening up, being vulnerable or whatever, like going, you know, down, you know, all these, um, not rabbit holes, but, you know, just going on yeah. about, you know, how he's passed. He struggled through this and that. And then Bobby Lee's sitting there and then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> wrong time to do it, by the way. But it just, I don't know, made me laugh. So he was like, he was like, yeah, he's like. Man, I feel I feel what you're saying. It, it was just a bit long, you know. When you're, <laughs> <laughs> holy God. But the dude was, was like real serious. When yeah, he was, he was yeah. serious, and he actually walked off. He was he was pissed. But Dang. obviously, I understand why he would feel that because he was being vulnerable, and it wasn't. You know, when you're being vulnerable and you're not in no. the mood for jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't. But so I understand why he felt that yeah. way. But at the same time, like uh, you know, I wasn't involved with the podcast. I was just watching it entertainment or whatever. And man, that was funny. That was real yeah. funny. It was, a, but it was obviously like a roast, you know. Like how Bobby you saying that? Is Bobby Lee still in LA, or did he move to Austin with everybody else? Uh, I don't know. I I saw him in uh, Las Vegas when we went to ADCC. He was sitting right next to us at dinner. Was I at dinner with you? No, me and Sarah. Oh, you were with Sarah Charles. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that where'd was you the, go? Um, it was called I forget what it's called. You know, you know who Rob Zepps is. Yeah. Yeah, he recommended it. It was good. Steak, good steak what place. Was it? Steak. Yeah, steak place. <laughs> I forget you what didn't, it's you didn't pass the word on that. No, 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 no. You were not invited. Kind of like, messed up. Purpose. Just You're out there with Sarah and Bobby Lee kicking it. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, Bobby Lee just happened to be there. You know, he wasn't part. Did of Did you talk to him? No. Because you're afraid he might like blow you off like he did to I, this other. I dude? was gonna say what's up like afterwards, but you ever? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard this, but you don't like bother. You know, we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I can't. You know, you can't interrupt someone's dinner. I heard that that's like not the cool spot <laughs> to do it. That's what I hear. You know. So, so I follow, I follow rules. I'm trying to keep it real. You know, trying to keep it real. There right was like up. big drama with Bobby Lee and like other people. Brendan uh, Schwab, Schaub and the, did you track any of that mayhem? It was mayhem. It sounds familiar. Was it had something to it do with was a somehow, girl? Or no? Somehow, yes, it was. It had to do with a girl. It snuck into my algorithm and I, you know, you know what's the worst? You get, you get your, like, uh, YouTube. Yes. I'm on the YouTube algorithm and I'll just have it. I'll be like working out or something or like riding the bike or something like this. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're, you're in, you're doing something. So you can't really stop it. And you're just stuck. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> Next oh, yeah. thing you know, you're learning about the life of Bobby <laughs> Lee, bro. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, but there was like a big job. I, I, as soon as I got done with whatever I was doing, I X'd out of it and went watch something else. But. Yeah, it is ringing a bell, and I remember something, and I could be conflating this with something else, 
but it had something to do Bro, with if you wanted to spend your entire life just with internet drama, you could do it 100%. Yeah. You know, like 100%. And you could do it like 17 seconds at a time. You know, yeah, one yeah. TikTok, we were talking about TikTok, one TikTok video at a time. You could spend your whole life not actually living any of your life, but just living oh, through yeah. other people's lives. Bro, you know what? That's so funny now that you mentioned that because that video that I just told you about Bobby Lee roasting that guy when mm-hmm. he's like, it was a bit long or whatever. Um, there, as the so I do the same thing. Mm. So you know, if I'm doing effects or something, you don't need audio yeah, yeah. for that. So I'll you know you you get these clips. So they have Joe Rogan or whoever where they'll play clips after clip after mm-hmm. clip, and it's all relevant. Cause it's I'm weird in the where algorithm. Rogan because Rogan has so many different tentacles out there that you yeah. or like offshoots that you could end up anywhere. You yeah. could go from Rogan yeah. to anywhere. It's like true. you could get anywhere in the universe from Rogan. Oh, yeah. So if if he's in your algorithm, you're kind of like at the whim of of just <laughs> yeah. you're at the whim of like MMA. Comedians, mm. mushrooms, UFOs, asteroids, yep. conspiracies, COVID—like it can yep. get crazy. Oh yeah, quick. very vast for sure. But that after that clip of Bobby Lee, it went to another guy's reaction to Bobby <laughs> Lee doing that to the guy. So what you're saying about internet drama—you kind of sucked in inadvertently. Yeah. Meanwhile, like it's off in the you know it's on the side. It's on the, these it's are people the you don't know. You know what I'm Some saying? Some people like, you do, though. No, what I'm saying, but, but you don't even know Bobby Lee, even though he had dinner with him, kind of. You know I mean? But you don't. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but, no but you know what I mean? These You're involved in drama with people you don't even know. Yeah. You don't yeah. even know them. Has nothing to and do you with are me. in their drama. And yeah. not only that, you're listening to another dude that you don't know the, talk, talk about, about their, their drama. drama. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's true. You're it's correct. mayhem out there, bro. You're completely You got to watch out for this algorithm, man. You got to watch out for this thing. Yep. It's true. Next thing you know, you know about Bobby Lee and his girlfriend and stuff. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Actually, I do know a little bit about, about Bobby Lee and his girlfriend. See? I know that they do the podcast together, but they're not together. I know that. Were they together? Well, yeah, how they can be his girlfriend if they're not together? They're not like girlfriend, boyfriend, but they still do the podcast together and they're like friends and stuff. They're cool. Hmm. I do know that. Same, 100%. Same, th- same thread. 100%. According to the internet. According to the internet drama. Okay. See what I'm saying? All right. All right, next quest before we get too but much internet drama. For the record, that was a really good joke. It was a bit yeah. long, like that under the that like how he played it. How oh, come man, the other guy was, so was angry about it? Because he was being vulnerable, and then he got like roasted after mm. being vulnerable. You know, Bobby Lee's a comedian, right? Yes. So he's gonna so roast the other guy. people. The other guy was a comedian too. Well, and then he's just a bum. I mean, that's that, that was the general consensus of the whole event, where it's mm. like, bro, that guy's a comedian. Of course, he's, I don't know. It's like again, internet drama. You know. It's How long ago have you heard about Bobby Lee? Like when did I first yeah. hear about him? I don't know, forever. Oh, okay, so he's a like old school. I've I don't remember not knowing who Bobby Lee is. Oh, I, dang. I'm sure you know. I feel okay. like so I know. In fact, I remember. So this. it's not a surprise to this dude that the dude's cracking jokes on him. Yes, okay. he's not a yeah. He's not out of the blue comedian. Uh, oh yeah, remember back in the day, Joe Rogan and I know this before he even shaved before Joe Rogan shaved his head. Uh huh. He was a. Uh, you remember the Carlos Mencia yeah, stuff? Yeah. You know, that time, that's yeah. when I knew about Bobby Lee. See, now, that's internet drama, but I kind of know Joe Rogan. So, like, that's internet drama. Right, I go, right. Oh, yeah, you know, that's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I get, I can listen to that drama. Yeah. The dude that stole jokes. Yeah. But the thing that was weird about that is, like, we don't really understand stealing jokes, you know, until yeah. Rogan explains, explains it. Explains it, yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah. weird thing about comedians is they say the same joke every night in different areas. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's their perform. That's their it's, show. Yeah, it's a show. Yeah, and they don't make it up on the spot, which yeah. I didn't know about until 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 like whatever until I started 
knowing Joe Rogan and wait, you thought Theo that Vaughan. they just thought, Jay man, they just went up there, there and started. <laughs> winging it yeah and maybe like oh they had a little bit of a plan but yeah. i didn't know that they do it for a year like before yeah. they go on tour they sit at the comedy store i mean you, you know what i know because you listen to rogan too they, they go to the comedy store in the little places for like a year and they just crack jokes yeah, and they're like yeah. oh that one's pretty good and they make it better and yeah and then yeah then the, the jokes that make the cut that's what the yep. one they bring to their bigger yep. acts and all this yep. stuff yeah makes sense one of my uh my first cousin named abby robert is a professional comedian Abby Robert is funny too. He? He. he yeah. His name is Abby? Yeah, I think it's like a Hindu name. His uh, whole name. I think. Uh, I don't know. He, he's, Abby. Yeah. So it's short for something. Yes. And not Abigail. No, not <laughs> Abigail. It's like Abby. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> but he is That's a internet drama right there. <laughs> no, bro. bro Trey, listen to his stuff. He goes hard too on like, like people. It's funny. He's, he's actually pretty funny. Abby Robert, yeah, look at. To look at his stuff. It's pretty funny. Right. He's a young kid, though. How old is he? Actually, he's probably like thirty something now. Mm-hmm. But he always he comes off as like a young guy. Anyway. Cracking jokes. Is he from Hawaii or Canada? Canada. Got that Canadian sense of humor. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of like an L.A. kind of a thing. He uh, was always funny though. Like when we hung out, like he yeah. lived in Hawaii for a little bit. Yeah. So when we, I'd hang out, I was like, bro, you, the way you tell stories is kind of like a comedian would tell a story. Mm-hmm. And it's like perfect. So you kind of started out. his career. Probably. Yeah. Is he, is he Howley? Howley guy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next question. Next question. Last question. Hi, Jocko. I know the broad story behind Echelon Front and, for, and forgive me if you have gone in depth like this in the past, but I'd be very interested to hearing your initial plan to start and grow Echelon Front. What did you wish you did differently? And do you have any other advice when starting a consulting business? Thank you. So, yeah, definitely. If you look at the Internet, you can find how Echelon Front started. Um, Basically, we started teaching the principles and expanded from there. So I'll skip that part. But advice for starting a business, consulting business or any other kind of business. This is the advice that I give, and I think this is actually really, really solid advice. Start small and pay attention to the demand signal, and as the demand signal grows, you grow. That's what you do. You start small. I've done this with every bit. The only business I didn't do this with, which I kind of did it, every other business I've done this with, start small, and as the demand signal increase, grow. So with Echelon Front, started and then like, okay, I'm talking to some companies. Okay, hey, Leif, you want to come talk to some companies? Cool. And then, okay, now we're talking to more companies. Okay, now we bring on Jamie. Like, as the demand signal grows, we grow. Bring on JP. Bring on Dave. But just keep bringing people on. As the demand signal grows, we grow. Uh, Jocko Fuel. Wait, which was, you said you, did, you didn't do that? There's on one, one that, I, I'll tell the ones oh, I did okay. it with. The, but we kind of did it with the other one. Uh, uh. Jocko Fuel, we didn't come out with a full line of supplements. No, we grew into a full line of supplements. We made sure that the demand signal was there, made sure that people wanted this stuff, made sure that people understood what we were doing and why we were doing it. And once we, now we add new products. Origin, same thing. Started with geese, move into jeans, move into boots, t-shirts, hoodies, like it all grows. But we didn't start that way. Mm-hmm. We didn't buy. We didn't. We didn't go and get together a bunch of money and then buy five giant buildings. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. for origin. We didn't get, Leif and I didn't pool our money and buy an office building in Dripping Springs, Texas. Mm-hmm. No, we grew into that to where we needed it. So the company where I didn't do this, it, when you'll understand it, it was the gym. Mm. So we have a gym, Victory MMA and Fitness. And the reason I say we kind of did it is because we had had a bunch of little gyms inside of other gyms, little MMA program, yeah. programs inside of other gyms. And by the time, and you know, by the time we decided to open one of our own, we knew that we had the demand signal. The demand signal was there from the other places. So we kind of did it, but this is the only place that we immediately opened with a giant 21,000 square foot facility. If I was to do that again, or if I was, if I, if I like moved to some new city and I was gonna start a gym, I would start with, you know, 4,000 square feet and some mats and a squat rack and a pull-up bar, right? Course, Boom, yeah. okay, now we, gotta, now we fill that place up, cool. Now I'm gonna buy, get the place next door. Now we got 8,000 square feet. Fill that place up, now I'm gonna buy the place, get the place next door, now we got, you know, go on and on. Mm-hmm. So that's my recommendation, consulting business, start small and grow based on the demand signal. That's a great way to mitigate risk and a great way to grow your business so you can focus on your business because you don't wanna be worried about like, you. I, oh, if I don't get this client, I'm not gonna be able to pay my rent. You don't wanna be in that mode. Mm-hmm. You don't wanna be in that mode. So start small and grow. And that's all we got for tonight. So thanks everybody for joining us. You know where you can get those, yeah, jockofuel.com, <laughs> originusa.com, jockostore.com. Echelonfront.com, it's all out there. Appreciate the support, everybody. We uh, hope that you spend a little more time here and a little less time in the algorithms chasing internet drama about people you don't know. (laughs) And even when you're doing that, you know where we'll be. We'll be here staying free on the underground. Until next time, this is Echo and Jocko out.